Today's scripture reading comes to us today from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Now the wife of a member of the company of prophets cried, Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. But a creditor has come to take my two children as slaves. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She answered, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. He said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not just a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your children and start pouring into the, all these vessels each. When each is full, set it aside. So she left them and shut the door behind them and her children. They kept bringing her vessels to her and she kept pouring. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. But he said to her, there are no more. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your children can live on the rest. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Before we start discussing this story of the widow, Elisha and the oil, I'd like to start by sharing a story of some typical conversations we have in the Walker household. See if you can relate to any of these. Forrest and I are trying to have a dinner table discussion of the day with Noah and Avery. What'd you learn in school today, kids? Nothing. We continue to prod with more specific questions to then discover that their nothing quickly turned into something. Later on, I hear a shout from around the corner. Mom, we have nothing to eat in the pantry. Now you know good and well that every shelf in that pantry is stocked with boxes and cans galore. I begrudgingly mosey to the pantry to ask them if they're looking for something salty or crunchy or sweet. Miraculously, they find something to eat. The next morning, as I stare at a closet full of clothes, ugh, I have nothing to wear today. Forrest then politely guides me by asking, well, do you feel like wearing a dress or pants today? What do you have planned for today? And what haven't you worn in a while? I'm noticing a pattern here. Why is nothing such a natural response for us when we clearly have plenty? Either we in the Walker household do not know the definition of nothing or we've created a habit of using the word nothing as a reaction to not have to talk about or do something. Well, we all know the definition of nothing is not anything, no single thing, so it must be the other. Why was nothing the initial response of the widow as well? She answered, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Um, nothing except means you have something. Another translation words it this way. Nothing, she said. Well, I do have a little oil. I know if I were Elisha, I would have wanted to say, girl, a little is a lot when compared to nothing. 
Fast forward some years and ask Jesus' most faithful disciples about having a little something. After all, it only takes a little faith the size of a mustard seed to move a mountain. But just like my children and I sometimes need someone else to help us gain a little perspective, so did our widow. Thank God for Elisha. Let's look at his response to her call out and cry for help. He could have easily given her money to pay off the debts. He could have easily taken her oil and multiplied it right then and there. But instead, he asked her about what she had. You see, when she said nothing except or nothing well, she was discounting the one thing that God was counting on for her to serve her neighbors and also get out of debt. A little bit of oil. A little jar of oil poured out for her neighbors, so much so that she ran out of jars to fill. All she had to do was recognize that she didn't have nothing. She did have a little something. And just start pouring. God took care of the rest. She didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but she knew to be obedient. And she let God take care of the outcome. Notice how her immediate obedience led to abundant blessing for her family and for others. I don't know about you, but I would have looked at Elisha like he was crazy. My logical mind would have seen the amount of oil and been like, nah dog, I taught volume in fifth grade math and science and I don't see this happening. But she didn't question it. She didn't roll out her long list of excuses and reasons that she couldn't do that. She acted. She called out to God through his prophet Elisha. She listened and she acted. Have you ever noticed that when you're running on what you think is empty or nothing is actually when God does his best work? What strength it took for her to admit she needed help. What strength it took for her to give what little she had. What trust, what faith. Tony Evans says, Faith is acting like something is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. Let me say that again. Faith is acting like something is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. Many of us are sitting here today, listening, watching, waiting, wondering. We are feeling more and more uncertain as we think about preparing for next year. If there's anyone we can relate to right now, it is this widow. She's lost almost everything, and she's feeling the pressure and about to lose her two children. She is in a crisis situation. She had no problem asking for help and was driven beyond her pride and embarrassment. Who are you crying out to? Who's counseling you? Who do you turn to? Look around because our God is notorious for putting people who are running on full in our paths at just the right time when we feel like we are running on empty and like we have nothing. I'm grateful Elisha was running on full that day because let me tell you, this world we are living in is going to want you to buy into the lie of scarcity. The world is going to want you to think that this is the end of the show. You have nothing, you can control nothing, you can give nothing. 
I just reread one of my new favorite books lately called The Traveler's Summit by Andy Andrews. In it, one of the wise travelers shares his story about he, how he is a second act man. What is a second act man, you say? It's a person who has had a successful life only to have something tragic happen. They suffer some sort of setback or quit or give up trying. Second act people are those who learn and grow while they are going through hard times. During the intermission of circumstances, the person learns and grows and in the second act comes back stronger with greater knowledge and more success than ever. How would you answer God's question, what are you learning during this intermission that you could use in your second act? I think our widow in this story is a second act woman. She was the wife of a member of the company of prophets, successful first act, but then her husband died and now a creditor is wanting to come take her children. Seemed to her at the time like it was the end of her show, but we all know it was just intermission. Right now, we might be in this uncertain intermission where God is asking us to trust like never before, depend on him like never before. He's maybe changed our definitions of what we thought was success in act one. He's also asking us to do something. Do something. I can't say what that something is for you, but I do know that it's not nothing. Even if it's a little something, a little is a lot when compared to nothing. A little is a lot when put in the hands of our abundant heavenly father. So let's ask ourselves questions like Elisha asked the widow. What do we have in our household that could serve others? Nothing, except well, I do have these plastic Publix bags. Great. If you donate them to the church, they will get them to Mana Ministries. What do we have in our household that could serve the children of our church? Nothing. I don't have children and can't be around children at the moment. Except, well, I do have some bags of candy I can donate and a car I could decorate for trunk or treat, especially since they are taking so many precautions to keep us and the children safe. Perfect. You can drop the candy off at the church and sign up online. What do we have to offer our church community right now? Nothing, because I'm not attending in-person worship or Bible study yet. Except, well, I do have time to pray at home for our members and leaders. Great. Ask the church for a list of names and addresses and maybe even write them a letter. What do you have in your household that you could give financially? Nothing, except, well, I don't go to Starbucks as much now that I'm working from home, so that's a few bucks a week there, and my gas bill for my car is a lot less during these times as well. Awesome. Little things not only add up, but also multiply when given to God. What do you have in your heart that you could give away? Nothing. I'm so exhausted and down and anxious Except, well, I do have love and grace. Hello, that's what people need around us the most. Throughout our stewardship series, we've been talking about how we are treasure in clay jars. This widow's treasure was a little bit of oil. And when she did what God asked her to do with it, God was able to give to overflowing, spilling out to the benefit of others. Just start 
pouring. And this is not a glass half full kind of optimism we are talking about here. This is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us kind of faith. This is Psalm 23. My cup overflows kind of faith. 2 Corinthians 9.8. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all all times having all that you need, you will abound in every good work kind of faith. Is there something in your life that God has gifted you with? Time, talent, financial resources, prayer. Just start pouring. Jesus said you will truly begin to be filled as we pour ourselves out to others. Just another upside down kingdom principle shared by Jesus. Just start pouring and feel the goodness start to flow. As you can see from today's scripture, it doesn't take much when it's in the hands of our, of our almighty God, the one who multiplies. No matter what the world is trying to tell you, God's abundance is only getting stronger. You see, what my children did at school that day when we asked didn't change. The amount of food in our pantry was the same amount that was there before. My clothes in my closet didn't change. My perspective about them did. It's all about perspective. What the widow saw as nothing wasn't actually nothing. She just perceived it that way at first. What she had discounted as little to nothing, God was counting on. What we focus on increases. So if we focus on the fact that we have nothing to give, then we will continue to have nothing to give. But when we turn to our Elishas in our lives and to God's word and stay in tune with his voice, we will start to focus on what we do have. And then once we start giving it away, generosity begets generosity. God saw a full school day, full pantry, full closet, full jars the entire time. It was us. It was the widow that needed a change in perspective. Look around your house. Look around your heart. What have you been looking at from your nothing, scarcity, worldly perspective? Hopefully, after today, you can take a look at the same exact nothing with a godly perspective instead and just start pouring. Let us pray. God, thank you for those you put into our lives at just the right time to remind us that we have a little something to give. Thank you for your abundance and the ability to then fill us to overflowing when we give to you. Help us to look for others who may be running on empty and just start pouring. Amen.